You're listening to Zeros on Heroes with Mike Mercadol. Hey everybody, welcome to Zeros on Heroes. My name is Mike Mercadol. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been coming out to our live shows on Thursdays at the Creek in the Cave in Long Island City, Queens, New York. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. You can, if you're subscribed to this, you're subscribed to that as well. And uh, you get all those episodes. Uh, if you're on iTunes, do us a favor. Uh, share it and give us a review. Rate us if you don't like. I mean, if it's a one-star review, no thank you. We get uh, you know, Just email, tweet me directly. But if it's a five-star review... Please write and send that in. That's always nice to hear. And share with your friends if you like it. And if you're in New York, come on Thursdays at 8 p.m. to the Creek in the Cave, and we will uh, give you the opportunity to be on our show and talk about the topic of the day, much like our guest today. She's been uh, on a bunch of different episodes of Unsung Heroes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Lizzie Cassidy. Hi. Uh, I assume everybody's applause. Yes. <laughs> uh, I assume everyone on the train who listens to this uh, or in their car just like has a moment of applause. I hope they do. Yeah, why not? You know, just, Have joy in your life. Yeah. Just go for it. Um, but yeah, thank you. You come out uh, Thursdays. We see you. You're on there. You always... Uh, 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 a fun contribution to the show and uh yeah it's always great to have you and now we get to sit down and you picked a great hero yeah i'm excited yeah uh you picked we haven't done one of these in a while but you picked a comedy hero yeah. or, or like a a real life hero as opposed to like dr strange yes. or you know what i mean um a real person and it's comedy related i always love getting into the the, the like what people find inspirational and heroic about comedy because it's hard to find Sure. <laughs> Heroism yeah, in, in telling jokes. Um, but uh, yeah, do you have, uh, we do promo up front, plugs up front. Oh. Uh, plug your stuff. Uh, okay. You you have, you have, you have a sh- uh, mic? Yeah, I host a mic every Wednesday night at 11 at the Creek in the Cave. That's um, And then, when is this coming out? Uh, This week. So uh, Monday I'm or Tuesday. A sh- I'm hosting a show at Stand Up New York on June 2nd at 6 o'clock. Oh wow! It's a big deal. That you is a should, big deal. If you like, if you think I'm funny, you should come. Um, and my Twitter is uh, l i underscore z e e e e. Oh boy! Lizzie, if you search oh, Lizzie boy. Cassidy, yeah, you'll yeah. find me. Uh, and and also, my Instagram is Lizzie Cassidy. It'll be tagged in the description Great. of this and episode. Fuck it, who needs and, it? Yeah, yeah, you can click it. We're in a modern age. Yeah, we, I, I'm a I'm a high tech. We've got links sort of, now. I guess, yeah. Um, but uh, we're going to do uh, in our first segment of the show, Heroes of History, Echo, Sound Effects, Echo, Echo, Fireworks. Um, the, uh, this week in history, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start with, the, this is a real hero thing. The American Red Cross was founded in 1881. Uh, Washington, D.C. humanitarians Clara Barton and Adolphus Solomons found the American National Red Cross, an organization established to provide humanitarian aid to victims of wars and natural disasters uh, in congruence with the International Red Cross. So that means uh, just water. Oh, water. Um, yeah, so that, that means that uh, we've, this week we've been, before that, no response, right? Mm. That has to be assumed, that no one in America give a shit about national, na- natural disasters. 
I guess. <laughs> I mean, maybe they gave a shit and they didn't know what to do. Maybe this. Like, was, maybe they were like, "This sucks," but they were like, "That's all we can. All we can do is feel." I can't wait for a few hundred years so I can tweet about this. Yeah. Yeah. They were just looking for an outlet. Yeah. Really. Um, have you ever? Uh, you're, where are you from originally? Albany. You're from uh, upstate New I'm York. From Albany, New York. And yeah. do you have? Uh, have you ever? Have you ever had like? What are the natural disasters up here? I'm from oh. Florida. We got hurricanes um, out the ass. Well. We've gotten like the very edge of a hurricane, which is just a bad storm. It's yeah, not yeah. like it, it. It never really ruined us. We've gotten really bad snowstorms. Does the Red Cross respond to that sort of thing? Do they? I like, guess because they're they're like you know, Albany. The city of Albany is very. It's very much a city, so there are a lot of homeless people. Oh. Uh, so like that, I feel like is sure something that they would deal with. And we there are a lot of car accidents and a lot of like. In uh, that time, yeah. like with the snowstorms and stuff, yeah, yeah, exactly. I had to adjust to that when I moved up here. Where all of a sudden, yeah. I was like, "Oh, I have not. It's not just a nice vacation thing. I have to live in this now." No, yes, it can be very scary. It I can be thank very God, real. I, yeah. Well, thank God I didn't drive. Um, also, this week in history, police kill famous outlaws Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, um, who was the hero? In Wait, that can scenario? I be so dumb for a second? Yeah. I literally didn't know they were real. <laughs> I thought that they were from movies. <laughs> yes, they they are. I didn't know they were real. <laughs> I have a lot of like huge gaps in knowledge. Uh, this apparently is one of them. You, you know, it's one of those. I guess history at a certain point becomes legend, right? Right. You know, you just people because it's not on the forefront of people's mind. Yeah. Unless they make a movie about it. Unless Marvel makes a movie about it. I don't know, you know shit about it. But no, like Bonnie and Clyde, they were bank robbers. Right. And they were um, they were romanticized, I think, because of the movie. Oh, they must have been. Yeah, I'm sure they were like horrible people but yeah that must have been a terribly abusive relationship probably right who knows like i don't know the details because all we have are like uh jay-z references and that's it yeah that's the only amount of history we have is jay-z which is why i was like those guys aren't real yeah (laughs) it's just uh and also like yeah we don't like what what was the real but they were shot in like in texas oh no wait they were shot to death by texas and louisiana state police while driving a stolen car in Louisiana. So, um, uh, was it like a drive-by? Do you think they got busted like they didn't get busted in the act? I think if you were a bank robber, you'd want to get busted robbing yeah. a bank. You'd want to go out in like a blaze of glory. Very Probably. good uh, 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 journey song. Um, <laughs> also, this is uh, the one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and also this Thursday, we'll be talking about it. Ooh. 1977, Star Wars opens this week in history. You're going to hate me. You've never seen Star Wars? Not one movie. I know. We talked about it but on, yeah. on Unsung Heroes, past episodes. Go yeah. back and listen to the listen archives. To um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this week in history, uh, Memorial Day weekend, open, uh, 1977, it was uh, open. George Lucas made this movie and everyone thought it was going to be a big flop. Yeah, I've never heard of Star Wars. You've never heard of it. <laughs> More gaps in your historical yeah. knowledge. Uh, but yet, like when you think of, think about something as big as Star Wars culturally, like of that time, how it's still, except for you, on everybody's mind. Well, it's still a thing that people get mad at me for not, not knowing about. It's They probably would get more mad about Oh, you've never seen Star Wars? Then you not knowing who Bonnie and Clyde was, and Bonnie and Clyde were real. Yeah, yeah. That's you don't true. know the legacy of the Skywalker family. How dare you? I know. Uh, you do know the you do know the 
Darth Vader is Luke's father. All that's, that, yeah. Okay, that one I did get. Yeah, that one. No, that one I have. Um, I would love for you to have been, what the fuck? Yeah. No, I'm just like, who is Darth Vader? Yeah, what is? Yeah. Um, the, but yeah, that was, um, uh, God, so damn long ago. I mean, when you think about how long, like there's entire lives. Yeah. Thinking about lived. it, I definitely have to have seen, I don't know, is it the first one that that happens in? I know it's like there's a whole thing that, that, <laughs> the, the like thing. Luke, I am your father thing. I've definitely watched that when I was a kid, but sure. I, I don't, I haven't like sat down and watched it and like felt human adult emotions about it fair enough because things are different when you're a kid yeah Yeah. what this is one of my favorite things what do you think the first movie of star wars that came out in 1977 was about um (laughs) based on what you know like a vague hero's journey about uh not pretty not vague pretty like solid hit all of that joseph campbell shit okay so it was a very specific hero's journey (laughs) um about luke skywalker yes uh, and he goes on adventures and <laughs> he has a goal. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I know about. So. There, yeah, I guess he wants to. Yeah. Yeah. He's go, he's like plucked. And doesn't he like fuck his sister or his cousin or something? No, they kiss. They kiss. All right. They kiss, which is entirely still wrong. It's no, still, that's fine. That's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know how they do it up in Albany. I am from Albany, but I, I'm not into that stuff. Is upstate is kind of rednecky, no? It's, it's pretty rednecky. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was. Like Albany when, itself is not, um, and then everywhere outside of Albany kind of is. Like, yeah, because uh, when you like when people say, "Oh, I'm from New York," and everyone assumes the city, right? And they're like, "Oh, I'm from some Buffalo." I'm from Buffalo, and then yeah. you're like, "Oh, that's a completely different thing." Oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's very white trash. Yeah, up, up north. Um, well, you know, good for them. They got snow to deal with. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, but let's let's jump into um your hero. You picked a very good, very very good hero. I I. Uh, don't know all of her work. I just know the stuff that I've seen her in that's mm-hmm. bigger, you know. But I, yeah. but you uh, uh, picked Jenny Slate. I did. Yeah, yeah. I love her. <laughs> the fa- the look on your face. You have joy when speaking about. I really her. love her. I'm obsessed yeah. with her. Uh, let's start with the first question we ask everybody about their hero. And uh, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Jenny Slate? Oh, um, I guess the first thing I think of is just like. I don't know how to phrase this because I don't think of like one of her works, even though I really love them. I just have. Do you think this, of her as a person? I have this like admiration for her that I'm like, right. I want to, I want to be that. Like when I, okay, and I don't mean I want to have like her career. It's just like what, she from, set the template. Yeah, you it's f- not even. It's not even like a like that. It's like the way that she conducts herself and is is like that's the goal. Like I'm like uh-huh. she. I really really like who she is. Do you professionally f- in, and like in what personally? way like do you feel like in how she carries herself because so like, when you see her in in interviews and stuff like that there there's like this kind of a, a strong confidence yeah. in her kind of um i don't want to i, I want to use a better word than like weird or whatever but she's very uh like well she's she's so silly silly which I, perfect. I love like i love silly she's so silly and and it is confident because it's so like you know, even if she's making fun of herself or something, it's so, like, bravely silly. Like, it's like, she, like, goes out on a limb and is, like, silly and vulnerable. And she talks, she's, like, very honest when she talks. Um, but it doesn't come across as, like, cringy honesty because right. she is so silly and she's so smart. And, like, I have a huge you know. issue. This is, this, I, 
in the era in which we're talking about this, the cringe the 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 cringe movement or the people who are like like everything is so cringy yeah. and uh, everything oh, yeah. is so like anybody t- anytime anyone does something that is like uh, slightly uncomfortable like you see a million tags or comments about how cringe worthy it is yeah I feel like that's a younger generation thing where it's just a thing like you don't have to re- have a re- like that visceral of a reaction where your body yeah. cringes for but I do feel like. Um, Jenny Slate, she reminds me a little bit of Gilda Radner. Yeah, yeah. She And she talks about Gilda Radner and that she like sort of feels like... Oh, that's our studio that's, motorcycle you know. driving through. Studio <laughs> motorcycle. Uh, if you call in right now, you will win $10,000. Uh, well, I thought you were going to say you would win a motorcycle. Uh-huh. No, that's just the sound effect. We have no motorcycle. Oh, okay. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> that's how it's the radio you magic have $10, people. $10,000 in huh? here? Uh, don't dive in too much <laughs> to the analogy. <laughs> If someone happens, if my phone rings right now, I will, first of all, lose my mind. It would be very scary. Oh, no, don't do that. You don't, no, no, no. I was going to say, you what don't count, is your phone Brian, and producer Brian, you don't count. Um, you count in our hearts and in our minds and in our staff as producing us uh, very well. Thank you. But you cannot win the my fictional $10,000. Um, it's like the McDonald's Monopoly. Did you ever play that where... Uh, my oh, mom. I know about it. My yeah. mom works for McDonald's. Like she's she has, she works for a franchise owner, and uh, so all of those McDonald's contests we could never win. Oh really? Yeah. That's so a bummer. it was a huge bummer. Like yeah. I, I was always like, man, I can't win this Monopoly shit. Did anyone ever win those? Was that I don't know. was that I think real? It, I personally think the that you could lose the ticket, the winning ticket, so easily by because yeah. the, so much stuff gets thrown away, like the fry boxes and stuff that come with the stickers. No one, I, I, I doubt anyone's ever really, yeah, like won the big big thing. I guess I don't know. But uh, back to um, <laughs> back to Jenny Slate. In the she reminds me of Gilda Radner because Gilda Radner always had this thing of she just was fully committed to looking silly and, yeah. and doing a crazy character. And I think that's like really brave like you were talking about like i think now people have a different reaction to like silliness and like being almost cartoonishly silly in person and i think it's really hard to pull off i think it's you have to have like a confidence and like a self-love that's kind of uh like you have to love all the weird stuff about yourself to just put it out there like that how do you feel it's influenced like how you you're the jokes that you write or your approach to to doing material well honestly i wish it had more like i wish it I wish it did more because I wanted to, but I think I'm not, I don't have that comfort level with my own silliness yet that I can put it out there like that. So it's like, a, but it's, the you're goal like, is to get there. Is I'm to imagining like a, ro- a Rocky yeah. montage of you trying to be more silly. <laughs> of me just doing like faces and voices in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, honestly, yeah, you should totally, I, uh, we were joking around about voices before. That's totally what I would do. Yeah. I literally would talk to myself in goofy voices before I would like, like, oh, that sounds funny. I'll, yeah. t- I'll do that. Yeah. Um, uh, the, did you, what was your first exposure to Jenny Slate? Um, I guess probably, unfortunately, SNL, cause she, she got fired for saying, I can say fuck here, right? Absolutely. Saturday Night Live. I um, encourage you to say it. No. She got fired cause she said fuck. Which, well, no, she didn't. She said fuck, and then everyone was like, oh, my God, she said fuck. And then she got fired, and then everyone was like, oh, my God, she got fired because she said fuck, which isn't actually what happened, but... She slipped. And other people have slipped on the show yeah. before. Like, if you go on YouTube, I'm sure someone did a super cut of all the, like... They did. The, the... I watched it today because I was Googling <laughs> Jenny Slate F-word SNL. 
uh straight up google like i want to see this clip yeah because i i remembered watching it a long time ago but i didn't remember like the actual context of when she said it uh so i wanted to watch it um, did she start in new york doing yeah she like went UC- to columbia okay. um she didn't go through ucb uh so she actually talks about like she felt kind of out of place in snl even though everyone was super nice to her and they all got along really well right. uh she she says that she sort of feels like she willed herself getting let go from SNL because she never felt like it was really like sticking. Like it always right, kind of felt right. like not what she wanted to be doing. Um, and it felt very like controlled. Like she was saying she wanted to be like in the SNL era where they were all running around like wild animals. Because and, it's supposed to have like all those books that you that yeah. have been written about how crazy it was in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. It's not like that anymore. It's much more chill. Right. And when she got there, she was like looking at all the especially the other women around her. And she was saying like, oh, these are actresses who like have their shit together and are like movie oh. level pretty and Who, uh, even yeah. though i even though i would think that she's like that from an outside perspective i also feel like if i was in that situation i'd be like i do not belong with these people sure, like sure i'd be what, really nervous who was in the cast with her what around what time was that do you remember um i know i, I don't remember off the top of my head i mean i know that like one of the people she talked about was nasim pedra who's like, oh yeah just like gorgeous and like oh she is clearly, she's a knockout yeah, 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 yeah and like clearly a super good actress and like it's crazy because that's that's how I think of Jenny Slade is like she's gorgeous and she's a super good actress and she's super talented. But I can also definitely imagine being, you know, feeling uncomfortable in that situation. Yeah, I, that's like the John Mulaney thing. Have you ever heard about John Mulaney when oh, he got I hired? I love that. Yeah, that he he was like, uh, you know, I'll get fi- I'll work there for a year, I'll get fired and have the credit, and then he ends up being like head writer. Yeah. <laughs> so, like he was just like, I'll get I'll get the credit. Well, I guess. Have you heard like? I don't remember who it was, but apparently when he got there, someone ha- like someone came up to him and was like, "Do you feel like a fraud?" And he was like, "Yeah." And they were like, "Yeah, we all do." And then handed him handed him a moleskin journal and walked away that like said SNL on it or something. That was that was literally like the the hazing. Yeah, it was much worse before, wasn't it? There was yeah. a lot. Worse. It was like, "Do this bump of coke now," you know? Yeah. Well, that's like I feel like that's the SNL that me and assumably Jenny Slate would want to be part. Like it'd be like, "Oh my God, we're we're crazy and we're like staying up." all night and writing and then like now it's yeah. sort of just like we're really is, committed to making yeah, it's good, like, good it's stuff. like we're all overachievers and we're the best of wit yeah and, and ugh, like and it's like that's i'm sure that's too. not how they <laughs> are I'm sure, if snl if you're listening we don't th- i do please i would still love to you know <laughs> <laughs> uh my first exposure to jenny slate was um maybe in like not really picking up that she was in snl but i like the where i was I really like this character that you, when she was on Parks and Recreation. Oh my god, that was like I I'll go back and just only watch. I know which episodes her character is in, <laughs> and I'll go back and only watch those. I don't really give a shit about the rest of the show because like I did when I watched the thing all the way through. Right. Yeah. But not you, enough. Now you go back and watch your favorite. Your yeah. the, the highlights. But like it's always the one she's the ones that like she and uh, what's his name Ben uh, Ben Schwartz Ben Schwartz Yeah, the oh, brother and sister. God, they're so. F- Funny. They're so funny in that. Ben Schwartz is one of these guys that is like, is he's so funny I'm mad at him. Yes. He's so, it's yeah. like, oh, you motherfucker. He did this thing and I can't for the life of me tell you how I stumbled across it, but there's a thing called The Earliest Show. Have you seen it on YouTube? No, I don't think I'll, so. I will plug the shit out. It's basically almost a completely improvised 
morning show one mm-hmm. of these like morning talk shows like that they do with her, him and uh, Lauren Lapkus who yeah. I don't, she's so I've seen goddamn both funny of them do improv in real life and it's incredible it's, it's the staggeringly thing, yeah. funny it's it's staggering also from like a I, I come from an improv background me too and uh, I I come from an improv to watch like high level improv feels like a magic show kind yeah. of where it's like how are they doing it you it's know, it amazing. feels it feels it's rare. So cool, yeah. And uh, on that show, those two characters, like, because Ben Schwartz's character was there first. Oh, I'm sorry, earliest show. Uh, it's like it's entirely improvised with all these LA UCB people, and um, and then there's like an arc that goes through it where the guy goes to propose to Ben Schwartz proposes to his girlfriend on day one, and she says no, and then it's like the level the the stages of grief or whatever throughout, and it's so fucking funny. And there's literally like an outtakes blooper reel that's longer than the actual show. Yeah, I want to find that. It's, I can't bu- it's I really good. It. I'd highly recommend it. But there, he's he's so funny. Jenny Slate was like punch for punch whenever they uh, you they were on the screen together. She owned that fucking character. She's so Mona I love Lisa her. Saperstein. Yeah, I love her. She's so good. Yeah, and uh, when you see something like that, like a very defined character, did you do character work when you come from an improv well, background? The thing is, like. The reason that I'm like, I, I look up to her so much is like, I've always been afraid of playing characters in improv. Like, I, I was an actor, so I can play a character if you're like, here's the script and here are their lines yes. and here's what they're like. And, but to, to develop a character myself mm. and then be like, I think this is funny and then do it in front of people was always so scary to me. And I think the reason that I like stand up more now is like, I do tend to just like being myself on stage. Do you do, do you rehearse every word? Do you write every joke? out no you kind of bullet points yeah i'll i'll write it out but i won't memorize it sure so i'll write it out to like get it on a page and like make it real mm-hmm. but i won't memorize it word for word so so when you're performing you're trying to embody the joke as yourself right. like just be on stage as yourself yeah like how i would tell it to my friends sure sure i get that do you ever feel compelled to like do you still do improv do you ever go back and do improv yeah uh i had the last improv show i did was like three weeks ago so, really yeah. all right yeah, I miss. So embarrassing. <laughs> I it's it, it where I'm from. There was no comedy. Like like you didn't really. So you did everything that you could find. You know, I did. Yeah, I started an improv because I went to a show and I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. And then I ended up ha- helping run this company for like four years. Oh, cool. And yeah. we would put on shows all the time, and we uh, you know we would produce. I would help produce shows. And when I moved up here, I didn't realize that where the the line was. You yeah. are either or. You are either a stand up or an improviser, yeah. and the opposing forces hate each other. There's like a weird. There's it's like a so weird beef. Weird. It's, it's like really the warriors. Weird. Well, um, I doing improv. Once I started doing stand up, I sort of realized that it doing both is if you can be good at both, that's so incredible because there's yeah. such different muscles to mm-hmm. flex. Like it's totally different and. When I see people who can be really good at both, it's like the most impressive thing to me. Uh, I still, I, I don't, like, that's one of those things when I do improv, I always think, I don't think I'm good. I I do the, it was drilled into me when we when I first started performing that you make the other person look good. Yeah. So um, when I moved up here, I would do jams a lot. Yeah. And those sure. can be hit or miss. Some oh, of those are fucking awful. Yeah. Woo. And uh, and there was every once in a while, like I would just, I would just jump out, and because no one would like, I, I guess the pace here is also like slower. Like it's weird how mm-hmm. different r- regional improv. Yeah, people really things. take their time in New York. I was not of that mindset because I'm from Miami, where everyone has cocaine and Cuban coffee, and they do not have attention spans. It is 
now, 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 now. Uh, so I would just jump out and I would wait for someone to jump out with me and no one would jump out with me. I was like, oh, yeah. let me start a thing. And then I would just help build this, the scene, you know. And that was my goal. I would always just be like, let me build the place where we are going to play. Yeah. And um, and that was the one thing that when I started, I did UCB level one, they were like, eh, don't do that so much. I was like, yeah. what? Then what are what is that everyone else going to play in? No one, no one initiates anything. Right. I think improv for me was just like the first thing I found that was a doorway into comedy. Like mm. I was studying acting and TV and film. And I loved comedy, and that was all I wanted to do. In college, you you went to school. Yeah, like, well, I dropped out, um, but I did study that for a lady, couple years. You're talking to a guy who's had like six careers. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, um, don't worry about it. But my parents think I'm on a leave of absence, so I guess that's technically what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've been on, you're like 85 years old. I'm yeah, still I'm on my on leave, leave of absence. absence. Yeah, I'm technically a student still. Um, <laughs> But I wonder if you could do that. I wonder if you could be technically a student forever. But anyway, uh, I saw UCB as like a way for me to be like, I can get into doing comedy right. on purpose rather than being like, I hope I'm assigned a comedic scene or like, oh, I, I, oh, have, that's to, interesting. I have to write a pilot, okay. so I'll write a comedic pilot. But it was never like what you're doing is comedy. It was always like I was finding a way to do comedy in what I was doing. So then improv was the first thing where I was like, no, I'm going to do comedy on purpose. Like, I want to do that. Right. And then. Uh, what did you like? What did you enjoy in improv? Like, just in terms of, did you, you didn't do short form up here. No one ever no, does short yeah, form. Was that was form. all we did. It was so fucking fun. It was just so goofy. I've done it in Albany. Uh, the only time I ever yeah. did improv in Albany, it was all short form. But I, I like long form a lot better. I like, uh, you know, I like. I like writing, so I like building stories Fair. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is the, that's the writer's improv. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Did, when you when you switched over to stand up, were there any things you brought with? Like, were there things that you found yeah. in improv that you brought with you? Uh, yeah, I think improv made me a lot better at stand up, and I think doing stand up made me a lot worse at improv. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why the stand ups hate it so much because they they have drilled that part of their right. brain away. Yeah, exactly. Because it's almost it's hard. I I feel I. I I feel like it really helped me with like stage fright doing stand up for the first time. I was petrified the first time I did stand up, but I was super cool doing the first the first time I did improv. Yeah, well, you're also not alone, you know, like a hundred percent, which is so much better. And then the thing, one of the things that I learned in improv that I think about maybe every time I do stand up, I had a teacher who said, uh, "If you think the audience noticed something, they did." Oh and yeah. If you can make a That's joke a about one, that. Yeah. That's a guaranteed laugh. Sometimes all you have to do is say out loud what they noticed because yeah. nobody, they don't realize that the entire room noticed it. And there, just like bringing people together like that makes them laugh. And I, I think about that all the time when I'm doing stand up. There's a book that I read that I loved and it, it was, it's not a UCB book. It's, it's Impro for Storytellers, Keith mm. Johnstone. It's this weird, you know, it's more of the nuts and bolts of putting a show together and not discredit, not discounting the audience that's there. Like you're performing yeah. for an audience. A lot of comics, a lot of standups, when the, the, you're so used to it being just you and you are writing your jokes at mics with other comedians who are there to help you write your jokes. Then when you finally get like a paid gig, you forget that you're supposed to be, you're being paid to entertain. Yeah. You're not getting paid to, to be your edgy, you know, joke, you know, right. these fucking rape joke self. You yeah, you're like shock value self that you get other comedians to laugh yeah. at just because they're jaded or whatever. Like you have to be entertaining. I, I think people forget that you have to be entertaining. And that's yeah. one of the things with Jenny Slate, whenever you see her performing, it's especially 
especially like the Mona Lisa Saperstein character where yeah. she's com- she has like a super solid character. But you actually you did a whole thing on Obvious Child. Yeah, Obvious Child is like maybe my favorite movie. Tied with another movie called Joshy, which Jenny Slate is one of the leads in. Uh, but in Obvious Child... My go-to Child, for her is Zootopia. No. <laughs> <laughs> in Obvious Child, she plays a stand-up comic. Right, and, right. Uh, the, I think it's the first time you see her do stand-up in... Or no, it's the second time you see her do stand-up in the movie. She doesn't do well. Like, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't kill. It's not like... And even the first Which time you see her... Which is the most accurate representation and the first, the first of time you see her, she does well, sure. but she doesn't kill. She's working on jokes. She's like... It, they make it very clear that the club that she goes up at in every scene that she's doing stand-up is the club where she goes to work on jokes. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun to watch because Gillian Robespierre, who wrote Obvious Child, does such a genius job of writing for Jenny Slate. Like, everyone thought That's that tricky, she... Yeah. Everyone thought that she wrote that those scenes or she improvised uh, a lot of the dialogue... And almost none of it was improvised. I was under They're the impression like, that she co-wrote it. Yeah, they they worked together a okay. lot on it, but it, okay. it's yeah. Um, but to to kind of nail down the voice, so yeah. the material is in the script. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it is. I always find it funny when people who are not comedians write stand up into a script or it can be a screenplay. Real bad. There was a show around the time 30 Rock came out called Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Did you mm, watch that show? I haven't seen it. It's the competing Saturday Night Live behind the scenes show. Oh, okay. That was not funny. It was supposed to be like a dramedy, I guess, but, and they were, it was all about the drama that happened. Yeah, it was like the newsroom of SNL. Yes. Yeah, I get that. But then they would show, they would show a piece of the sketch that they were all laboring over and having huge drama about. And it was, Garbage. Yeah, it was the it wasn't, fucking worst. It wasn't sketch writers, yeah. probably, I'm assuming. I don't know, but I remember just being like, what? This is dumb. Like, what? This yeah. makes no sense. But writing, like the the like the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, have you seen that? I actually haven't. I have to get on Amazon. It's one of the more interesting representations of stand-up because they actually literally show her rough joke, bomb, yeah. do a, do, rewrite it, do it, present it differently, and it does okay. Then she takes it in front of an audience and and performs the bit. Yeah. Well, so it shows the process. It was it's it's pretty one of the more solid like not literal representations mm-hmm. of stand up, but it's it's really good representation. The other thing that I love about Obvious Child is like the character Donna, who Jenny Slate plays, mm-hmm. is so comfortable being vulnerable on stage in a way. Like all of her material is about things that she wouldn't really tell anyone other than her best friend but she tells a room full of people and i i think that's where i started writing stand-up from even before i saw the movie it was like these are things that i feel like are secrets but for some reason if i make it into a joke i feel like i can tell this room full of people that is a that's super interesting i mean did you feel was that something that you consciously thought about or you thought as you were as it was coming out you're like oh it would be funny to be very revealing like overshare I think it was a combination of both. I I think I I listened to a lot of people talk about stand up before I started doing stand up. Oh no! I like I yeah I I know <laughs> that oh, feels nightmare. Like- <laughs> it's a nightmare. So I I like it's like studying film theory and never making a film. Like I just right. know a lot about oh, wow. like a lot about how to watch stand up and about what people who did stand up thought about it. And I just wanted to do it, but how I had to criticize done it. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So then you know when I started writing. I think there was this voice in the back of my head that was like, like Mike Berbiglia has a quote that's like, if it's not a secret, it's not worth telling on stage. 
I think that was, like, in my subconscious. But what ended up happening is, like, I just wrote jokes and I tried them. And the jokes that always worked the best were ones that were, like, from a part of me that was super, like, I wouldn't tell this to some of my close friends, you know? And and not necessarily – I think a lot of people misunderstand. A lot of of, – average audience members not comedy people will mm-hmm. see or like the the non-comedy town people who go to like the comedy club in their in their downtown yeah. area and see a road comic and the road comic gets up there and he starts talking about cum and balls and and you know pussies and yeah. stuff and then they're like ha 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 he's telling things he's saying things out loud that are not good in normal conversation and it's like oh but that's not the 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 revealing part of it is not right. you, like he's just saying pipi caca stuff you yeah know? well uh, I think there's a huge difference between saying things that are like a little risque but are observational right. versus being confessional and being like, this is a gross thing I did. Or like, right, this is a right. thing I did that is so embarrassing. The f- I have a bit about being 0 for 2 with engagement rings. Ooh. And that, for, I, yeah, for, oh, <laughs> no. said, but the, the initial <laughs> response is not of... I'm going to be able to like I have to ease them into yeah. being able to laugh at it because it's super that that's something where where if if you have gone through that, you know, you're like, ah, yeah. that was a big problem. That was a huge thing that in my was life. Bad. Well, a thing I learned really early on was like if I and this goes back to the silliness, mm-hmm. if I'm not even a little like I have to be silly when I tell my jokes because if I'm not, the audience gets kind of sad. <laughs> like, they kind of yes. feel bad for me. They're kind of like, that really happened to you? But if right. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a silly person and I've been through weird stuff, then they're like, okay. That's something I had to fight against here in New York because New York, again, will 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 teach you will teach you bad habits if you're only doing yeah. mics for other comics. Sure. They don't want to see you perform your material. Mm-hmm. The yeah. audience needs you to perform exactly. your material. Otherwise, they're just going to be like, yo, you said a lot of horrible things. Yeah, and now about- we're sad. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, boy, are we bummed out that we right. can And then you're not entertaining them. Yeah, exactly. And I think that definitely goes back to like the, mm-hmm. you know, that's like where I do feel comfortable being silly yeah. on stage is when I'm like, oh, look at this weird shit I've been through. And then they're like, okay. Did you, in in your love for Obvious Child, did you go look for other Jenny Slate stuff? Did you start? Yeah, well, okay, so there's another movie called Landline that Gillian Robespierre and Jenny Slate made together and I haven't seen it yet because I know, <laughs> I know it's going to be like, I'm, I'm going to weep the whole time. Like, I know oh, no. it. And uh, I haven't been in a place where I'm like, ready to cry and have two hours of free time since it came out so i'm just You're like scheduling your cry yeah and i like own, i own it like i own the movie and i haven't watched it because i'm like I, i'm just not i'm not ready and like i also i know i'm gonna love it so much you know um, you should you should tweet jenny slate hey can you watch this with me because yeah, i'm gonna cry can you hold me oh my god that would be a dream actually i would be like so nervous the whole time because i'd be like i just want you to think i'm funny <laughs> um what would happen if i met her if you're on stage and you look out into the crowd and sitting right there, I might shit Jen- my pants. I might like you because I, I let me for for if you're listening to this podcast right now, uh, Lizzie's really trying to contain it. She loves like you. We were talking about it beforehand. Yeah. You're like ah, gah, 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 gah. I'm gonna gush all over this. No, I, I am so obsessed with her, <laughs> and I would. I don't know if I'd be able to like do my material. I think I would. Honestly, if I'm not being, if I'm not exaggerating how I would feel, sure. I think I would have like one of those experiences where you try really hard to be present and you're just not. Like you're just in your head. Right. Like the right. words would be coming out of my mouth and I'd be like, Jenny Slate, Jenny Slate, Jenny Slate, Jenny Slate. <laughs> and I would probably get like a lump in my throat. 
not in like a cryy way, but in like a nervous way. And similarly, I'm sure my eyes would start watering. Like, For real? Just because I would be wow, like, that much? I would be like, whoa, 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 this is crazy. You know, it'd be like, for me, it'd be like, I don't know. What? It'd Who's like, that at the door? It'd be like if you were doing stand up. I like, invited Jenny Slate. She's here today. No, no. <laughs> no. Ah. <laughs> um, it'd be like. I imagine Jenny Slate listening to this and she's like, I didn't agree to this. Yeah. What? Right. What is he talking about? Um. Oh, my God. Now I'm imagining her listening to this. Oh, no, please don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But you do. So like there there is like a I have people like that in my life. Well, I was going to say it's like if if there are so many comics that people idolize that if you were just in a comedy, I I work in a comedy club (coughs) and uh, like a couple weeks ago, Chris Rock came in and just watched the show. He didn't go up. He just watched from the back. That's cool. And I'm really close with the comic who was hosting that night and she came up to me and she was like I don't know what to do like she was like I don't I, I don't know what jokes to do because Chris Rock just walked in and I was like just you know you're funny you're great and she did a great job she totally didn't phase her when she was on stage right but you know it's one of those things where there are those people that you're like they could really rattle you if they walked in because you you look up to them so much and they had such an influence over you. That's something we don't really talk. Uh, if you listen to this show regularly, you'll know we talk about like Doctor Strange and other things, but very rarely. I don't even know what that is. He's a, he's a Marvel thing, but he, but very there will be I would say a handful of opportunities for you to actually interact with Doctor Strange. I would say zero to none of actually coming across your hero, right, and having a, a conversation with. Him. But you work in a comedy club. You right. are a comedian. When Chris Rock walks in, you're like, Ugh. oh, hello, legendary that comedian Chris Rock. That was the first Rock. time I've not been able to like chill out. Like, because usually- Because there there's always comedy. There are this comics what? I look up to that come in, but they're on the line. This is at what club? Stand Up New York. Right. Uh, it's a great club. Um, it's, uh, I but that's also there. one of the New York clubs. That's yeah. major league club here in the city. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I'll look at the lineup and I'll see that there's someone that I look up to on the lineup. So I know they're coming in and I've probably met them before cause I've been working there for a while now. So it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but when Chris Rock just walks in and I like turn around mm-hmm. and he's standing there facing me, that's like not a time when I can just be like chill, you know, like. Yeah, where where all of a sudden you're supposed to have you because you logic uh, for me <clears throat> we we don't cut the but the hero worship side of this podcast we don't really get into because we we you know it's not direct but my hero if we if I did an episode of this if I was yeah. the guest on this episode on an episode of my sh- of my show I would do an episode on Tom Hanks I fucking love Tom Hanks oh, is a hero that's of such mine such a good one he's such a hero of mine. Ugh. He has not been me too'd yet. Uh, oh my god! I was literally listening to Jenny Slate talk about Tom Hanks in an interview this morning. Isn't that insane? What did she say? Uh, Does she, she said, love him too? Because yeah. if, if she does not love him, no, said, this podcast is she over. Said that she loves him, but she wants to see him like play like a like a fun character in like like a smaller movie. Because she was saying she feels like now he's sort of like yeah. playing Tom Hanks a lot, and she thinks he's such a great actor that it's not like it's hard. He's like like, like if you look at Lady Killers. Him. Or, yeah. or one of those like or even something like Road to Perdition where he plays an assassin yeah he plays a fucking murderer you know uh, he's acting hard you yeah. know but now like he's gonna play Mr. Rogers and I wanna like I'm curious to see how that goes yeah but realistically it's hard to remove the fact that he's Tom Hanks from the character right. he plays he was awesome in Captain Phillips he was awesome in a, in a bunch of like other things that were not you know huge yeah, gigantic and I, movies I think that also is like a hero yeah. worship thing like when you love someone and you mm-hmm. love their work, it is hard to watch a movie and not be like, oh my God, I love them. And yeah. like, just think about it. Like the movie Joshi that I brought up, 
which is incredible. Uh, Jenny Slate simultaneously plays like the girl I want to be. Like she plays like the type of girl I've always wanted to be and is the type of actress I would want to be. Wow. Like she's so natural on screen and she just comes across like she's like fun and hanging out and like being herself. And the acting is so like subtle and incredible. But also the character is just someone that I'm like, God, she's cool. She's yeah, just like a yeah. cool girl, you know? And she had a part in writing this this one as well? or I don't think so. I think she was just... You just think that the... I'm sorry, what was yeah. the writer's name? The um... Well, the other one was Gillian Robespierre. Gillian I don't Robespierre. remember who wrote Joshy off the top of my head. Um, but uh, it's great. It's uh, it's like Thomas Middleditch, Nick Kroll. Um, I can't think of off the top All, of my head. Yeah, those guys. But. but that's the thing that they're, they're... When they make the things that are super independent and they can make whatever they want. It feels, you know, they're not at the pressure of a studio or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, and that one also feels super improvised. I would be very surprised if it if it wasn't. Like they they come across so much as like they're friends and they're hanging out yeah. and and it's also a very sad movie. Sorry, I, I got distracted by a cat. There's a cat it's, here. It's a very sad movie in addition to being a very funny movie. Which which I love. Again, that that adds to real the reality of uh, like very rarely when people assume comedians are funny i'm always like why what makes you assume that right and this like is- or, or or happy people or like happy go lucky or they oh you must have so much fun doing comedy i'm like yeah. we are tortured by our jokes like we are constantly are overwhelmed and i i'll say I, I don't love the narrative that like comedians are broken people you know it's like no i i don't i don't really you know like me that. i am i i feel like i bucked the stereotype a little bit because i'm always like Hey. Yeah, yeah, you're like a fun guy and I'm I'm I can be a nightmare. I can be yeah. a miserable piece of shit, but I don't like the narrative really that like comedians are broken cuz it's like yeah, maybe I am, but also I'm not like you know, it's like maybe we are, but that doesn't we're, mean that we're you handling can, it. It's also it doesn't mean that you can come up to me and be a piece of shit to me after the right, show yes. because I'm like I'm a comedian and I'm funny and I'll think the way that you're roasting me is funny. It's like I don't know you or the heckler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't be mean to me. And that's a thing. Ah, oh, I love this. My favorite thing that Jenny Slate talks about is like she hates that people are like you have to be tough to be a comedian. Because like she's like no, I don't, and she's not, and she she's so honest about being like I'm not tough i'm not if you heckle me i'm not gonna tell you to shut the fuck up i'm gonna say please stop talking because like she says she's like i just came here to make you laugh and love you and i have something to tell you like right all these like quotes written down about this that she says but like one of them is like she says like i'm a lady and i got dressed and got in my car and came here to make you laugh please don't talk to me like stop and i love a thing that i go for like silliness is like I, i really love the idea of being feminine on stage. I think a lot of women yes. put on this tough masculine persona when they're on stage because you kind of have to, especially in New York. You have to be like, hey, shut the fuck up. I, you know, you're, right, you're a heckler right. and I'm going to say something mean about you and then everyone's going to laugh and then you're going to stop talking. But I love the idea of just like being soft and feminine and being like, hey, I'm here to make you laugh. You're performing be, your yeah. your with that vulnerability that yeah. you're talking about. You know, you're because perf- that's one of those things. It's It's actually harder to be a comedian when you're so tough that you can't express those things right. on stage because then that's when you get like Andrew Dice Clay and everybody just doing I blame like the road comic boom yeah where everyone had a comedy club in their town and they would just go see these guys cycle through right and they would all do you know cl- standard road material yeah and and then so many people are kind of gatekeepers of comedy now you know like they will um 
they they will sit there and be like, this is what I think comedy should be. So I'm going to assume that everyone has to be that. Yeah. Rather than op- rather than broaden my mind to to accept different forms of comedy, yeah. Th- oh, you're not doing comedy, you know. And it's like, what? Right. I'm doing comedy. You're doing. You just have a sh- narrow view, right? Of what comedy. And I think there's a difference between. I think you do have to be tough to do comedy in terms of like you're going to get rejected a lot, mm-hmm. and you have to love it, and you have to persevere and stuff. But I think there's you don't have to be like a hardened mean person, Bro- a broken. I, to like to yeah. you can be vulnerable on stage and you can be feminine on stage, and that's something I really struggle with. Like that's something that's super hard for me. Mm-hmm. So like wa- when I watch her do it, I'm like, yes, like this is that's super solid. I like look up to her, I look up to her so much because she's like. Just she's like, just listen to me. I'm just trying to make you laugh, and I'm like, that's awesome. I love that. Because it, it, again, going back to like, you're an entertainer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the goal is to entertain through comedy. You yeah. know, like people paid you to entertain them. Right. Uh, I going back to the broken thing and like like why people assume that you have to be tough. I I I always say that we're not broken. We all have a we're we're just, uh, the the analogy I always give is that everybody's a lawnmower chopping up grass the grass is just the shit that you do every day and the average person is the lawnmower that just shoots it out the side mm-hmm. comedians are the ones with the bag yeah where we catch everything yeah and if we don't oh, empty I love that. if we don't empty that bag it's gonna fuck up back up into the system and fuck it up so like yeah. you need to get the all that you need to dump the bag Definitely, every now and again yeah. and that's material that's you know, everything gets stuck. I've had to explain this many times in relationships with women who are not comedians. Ugh, tell me about it. <laughs> but then it's like, it's it's like, I just, I'm not, I'm not mad at you for the thing you that I'm writing the joke about. I'm just writing a joke about a thing that happened. That I, or a thing that I was mad about two weeks ago, but right. now I thought of a punchline for yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. So I want to try that, it. That's such a weird balancing act where I'm like, I just, I'm just dumping the grass. Yeah. I got to dump the grass and out. And I think that's like being an artist in general, but the, the shitty thing about being a comedian is like, now I'm going to make fun of it. Or like, not right, even make fun of it, yeah. but make it funny. I don't want to say make fun of it because that's not what I do. But like, find, now, the, find the humor. Now I'm going to find the, the humor in it. And I think a lot of people see that as like, as making fun of it or right. being like, oh, you're not taking this seriously. And and I hate that because I, I think that's like such a good way to deal with any sort of tragedy or trauma is to be like, oh, well, there is this funny thing about it. And I'm not going to diminish the seriousness of what happened. But mm-hmm. like, that is pretty funny. You know, there there's a like the idea that everyone will reply with, oh, that's just your defense mechanism. It's like, yeah, I'm defending against blows to my psyche yeah. with humor. Like, your defense mechanism is a something. Yeah, yours is to get drunk and yell at your wife. At least sure. I'm making jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, your, your defense mechanism is to get drunk and yell at me on stage yeah. because you are wish oh, you could do what yeah. I'm doing. But the idea being that no one walks around li- like, if you do this, then you, you are a damaged person because no one walks through their through life without a defense mechanism. You're not just going to stand right. there and, oh, I'm just going to take every punch to the face. Yeah. Also, it's like all people are damaged people. Uh-huh. Some people are just pretending they're not. And that is so annoying. Like, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't. It's a, gro- it's a large generality you're making, generalization. No, you're right. But I, I think, <clears throat> I just mean like, there's like some pain flaw. is relative. Yes. So like everybody's been through something that was the worst thing they've ever been through. Right. I'm not like some people may have had what I would think is like a perfect life, but they've been through something that really hurt them For, relative to their experience. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's what I mean. Everybody's yeah. had to deal with that stuff. And if someone acts like their life is perfect and they've never been through something like that, that's 
psychotic. Like, yeah. that's, that's crazy. The, that's the Instagramming of your right. life, you know, where you're just posting the highlights. Yeah. Like, like the, what's that dumb saying that don't compare your don't compare your life to yeah. someone's highlight reel or don't compare your something game, like that, your yeah. game to someone's highlight reel because they get to selectively edit right you know what they what they what they tell you and and that, and that goes for like uh i think i got like a 20 year high school reunion thing coming up oh, and boy. there's going to be a lot of people trying to edit their their and I, and you're going to you see right through it yeah. especially especially comics i think are are good at it or yeah. artists or some someone who's a performer will see through performances definitely i think and, so too yeah 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 so i'm just wait i'm just bracing for impact or i'll be like ha bullshit yeah <laughs> <laughs> no we're happily married lie lie no you're not, no, you're not. no you're not i'm going to be like the worst guy at that part like oh mike's here great okay <laughs> yeah yeah but uh going back to jenny slate mm-hmm. um what of her things what which what, like um what i'm trying to think out of phrases because i don't want to do like a top 10 thing but like yeah it in terms of obvious child that's clearly one that's impacted you almost yeah. directly because you were Definitely. kind of living Definitely, that yeah. mimicking that situation yeah also, uh, that movie deals with uh abortion not, yeah it deals with abortion mm-hmm. and uh they do it so well like it's it's so we're, cool. Yeah, to, the, literally the whole movie is, like the premise of the movie is her dealing with this situation. Yeah. That's like a, a huge bulk of it. But you're and talking about her comic. character. Yeah, yeah so and it's, she's it's a comic. Cool. But it it is also handled through the eyes of a comedian. Yeah, and through the eyes of a woman. And I think a lot of movies are written by men. Uh-huh. And uh, like to have a movie that's about something a woman is going through written by a team of women, I think makes a huge difference. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. And I think that's one of those things where you 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 have to have it's like the whole thing of like why are you know like the men that writing the laws for the women's health and all that stuff mm-hmm. like that idea of and like why are the men writing dialogue for women in romantic comedies like it's right, like so, right. yeah now i i fully believe anybody can write anything but i, agree. I don't i think that it, it sets you up in a hurdle if you don't have like equal not representation but at at the very least believability well it's also just refreshing to see not that i'm not saying men can't write really well for women i'm not of course doing they a, can. not all men thing I'm yeah not, I i'm not doing that i'm I just know, saying, i'm just saying that that it's that that gives you a whole new perspective exactly that's not r- yeah. really represented and i well. think even if you're not a woman watching that it's like oh this is just totally different than what i've seen before sticking to the geek credibility for this show that's why wonder woman did so well yeah you yeah. know, it was like, what do women want to see I a powerful saw woman? That one. You saw it. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Look at the. I wh- cried. It, I'll say it. And but it's like, what do women want to a, a female action hero to be? Right. I, let a woman make it. You know, like yeah. and create. You know, handle the character property well. You know, and that was the only one of them that was good. All of those DC movies were 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 see, panned. I, that's where I. I- on a separate on. level you that is a perfect representation like you don't care about these sort of yeah, things but you even you, but you went to go see Wonder Woman yeah and and uh, it was the only good one of those movies yeah but um, Jenny Slate yeah is so you have this admiration for her um, what would you like would you which, what would be the biggest thing you would thank her for I mean you've said a lot of here but like uh, like you have you're trapped in an elevator with her or not trapped but you're on an elevator with her like the elevator pitch of Hey, how are you? And she, and she goes to you, hello, my name is Jenny Slate. And you say... Oh, fuck. This is so hard. Uh, Let's do some improv. No. <laughs> this is exactly how Jenny Slate sounds. And yeah. hi, I'm Jenny Slate. <laughs> I just feel like... 
I would be like, thank you so much for being so courageously silly and funny and smart. Because I think it's so inspiring and so important uh, to see somebody doing that. And it really inspires, like it really inspires what I do all the time. Yeah. Uh, come to my show. <laughs> also, uh, stand up New York, June second. I'm hosting. Yeah, I got a mic. I'm with it. <laughs> come do some. Come to my mic. Yeah. Um, that's the. Oh, I, I. This is the. Well, it's what kind if of she the, came to my mic. Can you imagine? Wow, I, I would throw up. That would be <laughs> insane. I I got to work on a thing uh, with Patton Oswalt <sighs> in Miami. So cool. Yeah, he was the nicest dude, and he. And he and I kind of I saw him at a book so I bought his book that Silver Screen Junkies great book by the way, um, and uh, I did the meet and greet thing at Barnes and Noble and I was just like in line and I was like hey and he signed the book I was like hey man I'm a comedian I worked with you on Burn Notice and he's like I, he would have no reason to remember that or give a shit but he was just he was like he even did, did the oh yeah yeah it could be true it could be not but at least he was polite enough yeah. to go. but uh, I, while he was down there I was hosting the open mic at the Improv. That week, and I was like, "Yo, I would be a hero to these nerds if you would come, if you wanted to come, like just drop in and fuck around." And he kind of gave me like, "Yeah, you know, whatever." And then he, and then he told me the next day, he's like, "I got an early call on the next uh, the day. I can't do it." But just the fact that he he allowed me me to think he was gonna show up. No, no. But the fact that he allowed me to believe that he could have, or he would have even considered it, rather than just being like, "Huh." You're open mind. You're open. Yeah, yeah, like he didn't big time me. I, I, you know, like I, I feel like that's something that in other art forms you don't get. Like right. a, a world renowned comedian. And even with some other comics, there are some yeah. comics that if you ask them, they would laugh in your face. And they, and that goes back to them being like that. You have to be. I have to be able to bust your balls because you're a comic. So they'd be like, right, right. Huh, "Fuck your open mic." And no. then like, that's mean. That's not nice. It's super mean. I, I, I always, I always subscribe to that. Like. uh sympathy over empathy thing like yeah i don't need to put myself in your shoes to like give a shit like you're a human being yeah, you're that's just a person yeah that's yeah. enough for me right that's good so whenever i see like i whenever like the 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 when i was hosting the open mics in the in the improv in, in miami i like there would always be like a first timer and then i would just i would never say that it's their first time performing stand-up comedy I was like, ladies and gentlemen, you know, like whatever. Ugh. And then afterwards, I would be like, that was his first time. Yeah, that's the way and to then, do and it. And then, you know, it, it's it's fascinating to me how people shit on like other comics and stuff like that. Yeah. Is there anything that you sp- like other work of? Jamie? I have a list. Oh I shit! I wrote down a list. Oh my god, have we my touched any of things? No, we have. Okay. First two are obvious: Child and Joshy. If you haven't seen those movies, like grab a couple boxes of tissues and just fucking. They're so good. They're so good. And then uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On is a series of YouTube videos and also a a best-selling New York Times book uh, where Jenny Slate voices a shell that's wearing shoes and it talks about its life and it's directed by her husband and it's amazing. Um, And then she has an episode. Is it literally a shell? Yeah, it's a shell with shoes on. It's amazing. (laughs) It's so, so good. I wish I could describe to you how funny it is, but Mm -hmm. you need the voice, and I can't do the voice, but it's so funny. You got to work on your Um, voice and just talk to yourself in the house. I know, but that's like a hard voice. Like Once you see it, you'll be like, that's hard. Okay, I got to watch it. I have not seen it. I got to watch it. Um, this is all I'm literally I would like to post links to this stuff. Yeah. uh, Um, Marcella Shell with shoes on is on YouTube. If you Google that, like there's like at least three episodes of it and apparently there's a book and I love it. Yeah, I'm it. gonna watch it. Um, she did 
an episode of Pete Holmes' podcast, You Made It Weird, uh, which isn't a podcast I listen to very often. I, I, I have trouble with the metaphysical. It's tough. Yeah. But she's so funny on it. Like, it's it's silly and light and goofy, and it's not like, it's not like we're going to talk about the meaning of life. It's just like, she talks about, like, being a kid and, and uh, sure. you know. And it's, it's the less ethereal of yeah, those types of shows. Yeah, and it's so silly and funny, and it yeah. makes me, like, laugh out loud. And I listened to it for the second time recently, and I was still, like, laughing like mm. a maniac in public <laughs> um, that is a weird new york experience where like if you listen to podcasts in your car by yourself feel free to laugh yeah. out loud. but i'm a large man and then if i'm on the train and all of a sudden i'm just like ha ha ha, ha, ha. People, yeah. people will look at me yeah and like oh you're allowed to cry in public but if i laugh i'm a crazy person like i cry in public all the time in new york you Not cry all the time. But, like i have and people are I like wish. whatever but then if i laugh people you know glance <laughs> Well, I wish I I'm one of those people. I'm a tough crier. I don't cry. Oh, well, I, I cry once I a day. W- no, I wish I could. I need like that. W- that looks like that looks great. Yeah. I wish I could get all that out. I don't. I usually don't cry because I'm sad. If I'm sad, oh. I won't cry. But if something like moves me, mm. then I'll, I, I'll, I'm like, you know, real cry. I, I have a bit about, but you know, it makes honestly music really is one of those things yeah, that overwhelms get me. Ya. A solid harmony like a good oh you're speaking my language oh, oh my god yes it, like uh and, and it all and i'll tell you what you add one of those shitty fucking america's got talent audition bumper videos around it and it's like a, a it's too much it's like this much. family they they uh, were kicked out of their homes and they found each other and they live where they were homeless and now they're singing family and then i'm already on the edge <sighs> and then they'll come out and they'll bust out like a dope chills. harmony i have chills thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> and i'll just be like this is what i needed ah, yeah. yeah finally i'll go like a youtube like hole of t- uh, people auditioning with all of their soul in the one dumb yeah. karaoke song and then i'm like this is great for them yeah, yeah. um Another thing. Cool. I'm uh, sorry. I didn't mean to do it. No, your I loved that. I literally got chills. Um, Big Mouth. Did you watch that cartoon? I did not. I, don't, I have She's to in spot. that. There's, She's so good in that. I, if you look at my to watch list on Netflix, it's, it's right sa- in there. I can't. I can't. Literally have not enough time okay, to watch, watch all though. the shows. But like, wa- like watch I'm going to binge Mouth. it. One day when I'm like forced to to because in, in my job sometimes i'm just have to sit and wait yeah so i'm just gonna force to sit and wait i'm gonna do it i'm Watch gonna try it. and binge it's it so funny on my ipad or something and like once you start watching it you'll be like yeah i want to see the rest <laughs> of this. yeah but it, it's so, i love so those dudes john mulaney yeah. and, and nicole jesse klein also oh, yeah uh yeah and and jenny slate is is so good in it she's like it's another thing of hers where you're like i can't believe that's her voice yeah but it's so funny and you know that that show in general. She is had really a. Gr- great. I mean, for her voiceover work, like in Zootopia, she had a great villain turn. Mm, Did I you, didn't, you didn't see Zootopia. Zootopia no. Yeah, I actually I, didn't even know she was alert. in it. Yeah, she's the little lamb thing. Oh, okay. And uh, she, she she does her. I think she was in the Secret Life of Pets too. I think she, but she, that's the thing is that her voice is also super unique. Yeah, her natural voice, and then she does like the amplification of it. Yeah, and it's it's she. You know what? I will say this. Not on the same level. I can't really compare the two, but there are, like I said, Gilda Radner. She's, you know, comedy legend. Yeah, of course. In her performances, like when you see her, like as Mona Lisa, doing like these outlandish kind of things and being very kind of, you know, expressive, she reminds me a lot of like Lucille Ball a little bit. Yeah, sure. Because Lucille Ball was always like, it's classic TV. Everything was kind of like mugging for the camera and stuff like that. And there were parts of it when I was watching Parks and Rec was like, that reminds me a little bit of. Definitely. S- something like that. And the like 
So her voice is kind of like does yeah. that and like, a version of that? Like I don't know. Playing what someone who's being performative, like Mona Lisa, yeah. I think really lends itself to that, like heightened, like you know, like right. But the vocal equivalent of that, I think that's exactly. And she yeah. she's really good at pulling that off. She's great. Um, uh, what was the so big mouth? Yeah. There's so yeah. There were, and then I want to post all these links. She uh she does stand up with Gabe Leadman. So any stand up video of Jenny and Gabe is great. And then they have. Like a little tiny web series called Bestie by Bestie, like Bestie x Bestie. Sure. And it's just like they'll they'll get a question and ask each other, and that's another real silly fun. One. Is it is it uh, honestly answering the question or is it like sketchy? Yeah, it's, it's honestly, but it's not it's not super deep questions. Like one oh, of the questions okay. is like, "What's a good catchphrase?" And they just oh, like okay. they like catchphrase back and forth. Um, that's solid. I love so it's fun. I love that type. I mean, honestly. This this podcast yeah. started as an excuse to talk about nerdy shit, yeah. but the live show is just an excuse to like get people to talk about stuff and think of fun questions yeah, to ask you fun. guys. Yeah. You, I mean, you've been there. I, mean, I love it. It's so fun to do. Thank you. I, I, I that's and also there have been spit like um like it has inspired the people who go there to to create things. I said on the I, last show that's a huge. I I love that so much. I feel like that is all I uh, that is a huge compliment to the like, first time I did that uh, I didn't even know what it was but I showed up to do a mic and I did it uh, it was like the year in review one and I got a joke out of it that I told for like four months fuck yes that I love I love that yeah I love that and that was the first time I did it and it was like I Fantastic. was like oh I'm gonna do this all the time it's great yeah I mean and and uh, <laughs> I'm saying it's great uh, you're hearing firsthand account- no it's, it it's so great. it's so fun and, and, and I really I really love doing it, and and when you know people come out, and it's it's so fun to get like our cast of regulars, and you're yeah. on that list like Elvis, and yeah. Elvis has come and done this show. Elvis got got He's to host so like a B battle event because he started feeling more confident. He's like, "Yo, I'll host oh, that's it." That's awesome. You know, people are uh, Eric and is doing stand up. You know, yeah. like people who just came out to my show hanging out. I've, are doing things now that podcasts have popped up because of it. It's it's great. I, yeah. I really I love I love that. I it's love it's such that. a nice way to take a break from doing material. Like yeah, I'll work on jokes. I'm I'm the type of person who like I'll I'll work on jokes. Like I, I'll right. tell the same jokes for like two weeks if I have to like really hone them and work on them. Uh, and it's such a nice break from doing that. It's such Thank a good you. way to like yeah. take like and it makes me want to do my material more again mm-hmm. once. I've done it, you know. Jenny Slate, if you're in town, uh, long- <laughs> Wednesday night, eleven o'clock, the creek in the cave, <laughs> and uh, Thursday at eight p.m. I'll on poop. I'll poop my pants. <laughs> yeah, I'll poop your pants. Uh, but, but I'll try not to. But uh, I'll be cool. I'll Lizzie, be cool. <laughs> thank you so much for doing this thank show. You this so is much. great. This and was so fun. I, I feel like I learned a lot. I got a list of things I want to watch now. That uh, that and. Uh, um, I I I genuinely hope Jenny Slate li- listens to this as like I'll tag her just yeah. in case. Oh, I'm totally tagging her. I love uh, her so much. <laughs> but cuz cuz it's one of those things where when you like it's always nice someone likes the thing. Yeah. Someone pay, like when someone paid me a compliment one time, someone said like, "Oh, you're something nice, you know, something positive." Anytime has been uh, like great. Isn't it nice to feel seen? Isn't that just really even nice. if someone makes fun of me to my face, I'm like, oh, you get me. You get I'm like, <laughs> You've noticed me. Um, but yeah, thank you for being here. Uh, this you promote your show again. We'll do the bumper ads. Uh, Stand up New York. Oh, Stand up New York, June second at six o'clock, uh, and then every Wednesdays, Wednesday at eleven o'clock, o'clock at the Creek in the Cave. And uh, um, thank you, everybody. Come out, Unsung Heroes, every Thursday night, eight p.m. Uh, at the Creek in the Cave, and uh, listen to. 
what's dropping? I'm, I'm going to promote a gather around the punch bowl is going to be dropping soon. Alex Murray and Toby I Nelson. Was on that. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm in the batch of episodes mm-hmm. that are dropping, but I um, did do that once. Um, I, I I've been. I have been promised. Yeah, Toby told me I'm not. <laughs> I have been promised an opportunity to do that one as well. Uh, it was fun. Uh, and listen to all the Creek Media podcasts: Gumbo, uh, Two Dry Guys, That's what we got so far. and uh, and, and Zeros on Heroes. Yay. And uh, I appreciate all you guys listening. Uh, thank you very much, and remember to go out and be heroic. <laughs>